Welcome to Spiritually Gifted with host Joe Dudfield. This show goes deep into the experiences and beliefs of those following an extraordinary life. Guests join us in conversation from around the world, sharing their stories, passions, gifts, abilities and wisdom. A window into the world of the spiritually gifted. Good morning, everybody. It's Joe here with Spiritually Gifted. Today, I'm joined by a really special guest, Deborah Sophia Magdalena. She's a frequency alchemist, a creator of a global movement to raise frequency. And in her own words, she's had extensive experience in entrepreneurship and personal development since setting up her first business in 1988. She's worked in the business support and training industries, designing and delivering programs to thousands of people whilst running her coaching, training and mentoring business. And Deborah ran spiritual events for 10 years before escaping the rat race whilst traveling and coming home to herself. How beautiful is that? Deborah is a gifted healer. She's an energy worker. She uses essential oils and high-tech frequency technology with individuals and groups worldwide. And she's also um, working to open transformational doorways for you, for people she's working with to raise their frequency, to empower you, for you to create happiness in your life, to be healthy, to be wealthy, and for you to return home to your innate superhuman blueprint too. And so it's my great pleasure to introduce you to Deborah. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you so much, Joe. It's really lovely to be here with you, sharing this space for the next hour or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 a fascinating thing. And I was saying to you just before we began recording that I'd researched you for the last few days and I just found the breadth and length of your experience and knowledge in the world really inspiring. And I think there is this beautiful alchemy that happens when people have been in the what I call the real world and done real-time jobs and, and, and real-world activities and worked with people either in corporate or however that's come about for them. And then, in your words, they come home to themselves and find out how they're then going to connect to their soul self, their soul being. And so I guess the first thing that I'd like to ask you is, how did you become who you are today? How did you become Deborah Sophia Magdalene? Oh, it's been a long journey. You know, it's... um. I think every every lesson that we have in life is a step towards that journey of remembering who we really are and coming home to ourselves. It's in the pain, the painful moments that we find our gifts. We don't realise it at the time. But when we sort of go through that healing process, when we are able to look at what stories we're telling ourselves and transform them and be an alchemist around that, well, we can create anything. So for me, it's been like a whole journey. And that probably started, I would say, when I was, well, obviously in our first seven years of life, we're in that forming stage where our personalities form that we're like sponges everything that happens to us mm. goes into the subconscious and then we spend the rest of our lives unraveling the conditioning <laughs> and looking don't at- we know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so for me it's like a whole process a whole journey what was your awakening like so what how did that happen and where did that happen well I was fast asleep for um till my 40s and then the catalyst for my spiritual awakening was actually my husband leaving me for another woman wow I found out um I sort of had an inkling I knew that things weren't right in the relationship and I had an inkling that um you know, there's something wrong, but I can't put my finger on it. Mm. And then we were on a car journey to Liverpool. I was like uh, doing a course over in Liverpool. 
And on the way back, he was working in Liverpool and on the way back and I just said, oh, Brian, come on, let's talk. I said, there's something wrong. Please speak to me. I'd just been promoted at work. Right. Executive director of the enterprise agency. Got a wow. pay rise, you know, and uh, really on a high with that. And I was sort of like not given any encouragement, no well done or anything like that. And I thought this is really odd that I'm actually mm. not getting any recognition from my husband yeah. for, for that achievement. And so anyway, on the way back in the car, I said, come on, let's talk. And he said, no, now's not the time. And I said, now's the perfect time. I said, it's just me and you, no children, no distractions. Yeah. And then he said, no, now's not the time. And and then I just knew and I just said to him, you've got somebody else, haven't you? And uh, and, and it was like... Gosh, really, what a moment. It was really hard for me to say that because it's like, what are the implications of me actually knowing that? But, you know, I um, sort of... And he said, he said, well, I didn't want to tell you till we came back from our holiday. We were going on holiday the following week. And he'd kept talking about this family holiday and let's make it um, a really good one that we'll all remember. Let's not put any money in the in the way. Let's just do whatever we want to do. And I'm I'm thinking like, well, we're, we're already in debt. I don't want to be going into more debt, you know, so we're coming at it yeah. from different angles. But then knowing his perspective on why he wanted this to be a memorable holiday, I could understand it. And sure. I had to make the decision. Uh, well, first of all, I was about reeling in shock. And, but I thought, don't react. Don't react to the situation. Take your time. Sit back. Breathe. Take it in. And then choose how you're going to respond. Which is really quite something, isn't it? Because normally in the human condition, we would have that sudden instant fight or flight reaction, the limbic system would kick in and, and we'd have that emotional response. So that was really considered that you were able to gather yourself together enough. And I'm sure that served you really well doing that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of personal development training in my in my years with world leaders. And that was one of the things that I learned from that process. Uh-huh. Um, choose your response to whatever happens to you in life. And I thought, I need to find an empowering meaning to get me through this in- intense emotion and mm-hmm. fear that I was actually experiencing. Yeah. Because, like, we were in um, in a big house you know, mortgage, bills. And then I was thinking, well, if he's not going to be here, can I afford to live here? How am I going to manage? You know, we had two children. And the ramifications are huge. Aren't they? It's literally like a bomb going off in the middle of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I knew deep down that, that he was doing me a favour. Mm. I knew deep down. And, and that's why I needed to find an empowering meaning to get me through that intense moment that I was experiencing. Mm. And it took me two days to come up with my empowering meaning. Is that all? (laughs) That's incredible. And what was it? What was your empowering meaning? He set me free and I can now become the person that I'm destined to be. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And so then when I thought about him leaving me, rather than me, you know, I didn't want to go into victim mindset. I wanted to take personal responsibility for my part in the relationship not working because I know, you know, it works both ways. And so, yeah, I just knew that I needed to find that meaning. And when I actually come up with that, I felt empowered. So instead of being that poor me, oh, mm. my husband's leaving me for another woman, it was like, wow, I can now become the person that I'm destined to be. I just think that's incredible. I do, I really do, because I've been in situations like that and it's to gather yourself together enough to look at it as part of whatever plan is laid out for you is just a tremendous way to to move yourself through the grief of it and the difficulty of it it's going to give you the strength to overcome the obstacles which you were bound to face in getting through that situation 
when you do go through the grief, you know, the grief was intense and it mm. took me unaware. And, and I realized that grief doesn't come up just when somebody dies. It's the endings of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, my, my knowledge now, like from what I learned then and also more recently, is that relationships never end. They just transform and they transform into whatever you consciously choose it to be and I made the conscious choice to be my husband's friend to be his girlfriend's friend I filed for divorce which he didn't want um he wanted to leave the door open but I wanted to close it yeah um, I needed that closure and I wanted to build a new life and so like I I, I designed how I wanted things to be and it's like, I want to be their friends. We'll have an extended family. We'll go through a, divor- a divorce with no arguments and a fair financial settlement. And that's exactly what happened. You set that as your intention. And then presumably all your actions from that point on were in alignment with that intention then. So that's actually a really good tip for anyone that's facing any kind of huge life change then, isn't it? Is to set that intention. And then that's the signpost all of your actions from that point on yeah. I, I, I really appreciate that that's that I really I really enjoyed that way of working with your own experiences it's it's really inspiring yeah I think it's wonderful and it's authentic as well because you're not saying you're not doing that spiritual bypassing thing of saying oh I can cope with that I can cope with it you're saying no this is what I want so everything I'm doing needs to be in alignment with that. And so it, it brings you, yeah, you're in your truth, aren't you, at that point? Yeah. So where did that take you to then? How did that lead you on with your life? How did your 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 kind of um, soul plan, your, 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 your life purpose, how did that start to unfold? Well, when uh, we, we split up, I think it was June 2004, and... Um, I took my two children, they were 14 and 16 at the time, to see one of the world's leading personal development trainers in London in the December, uh, no, when was it? it? I think it was a September. Because I always said that when they were old enough, I would take them because like, that's the best investment I could ever give to my children. The schooling system isn't adequate for preparing people for life. I agree. And so I took them to um, to this personal development uh, seminar in London. It was a three-day seminar. I signed up to do, uh, it was Tony Robbins. I signed up yeah. to the Master University program whilst I was there. I didn't have the money, but I went to the bank and I got, um, you know, a 12 grand bank loan to wow. do the training. And in the December of that year, I went to America to do the Date with Destiny course, which was transformational. Mm-hmm. I would have paid the the whole course for I think it was four and a half thousand I paid for the course, which was for three separate um, trainings, three different elements to it, and I would have paid the whole lot of that just for that one course, that wow. destiny course. It was it was amazing, and um, whilst I was on that course, I set some goals and I changed my own values and my own human my own hierarchy of needs because I had a a very high need for certainty safety right Mm -hmm. and all my safety was like taken away with my husband leaving Mm -hmm. and I was um, a little bit in this this thing of how am I going to manage how am I going to financially uh, make this work and so when we were working through our hierarchy of um, of needs, I decided to switch my need for certainty to uncertainty. What? He, yeah, he said that the greatest amount of uncertainty that you can live with, the happier you'll be. But that's so true, isn't it? It's so true. I love that. Yes. Yes to that. So that's what I did. I changed and, and went through a process to switch my need for the security to not needing it at all. 
he's he's basically picking you up turning you inside out and then plopping you back down again yeah wow you're doing it yourself you know you're actually deciding yourself what you want to do and then all he's doing is giving you the process to actually do it that's that's yeah I love yeah it's it's really it makes sense doesn't it yeah and turn it all on its head you know during during that training uh, one of them which I'll share is I was working on my fears and fear of rejection had come up really big for me because I've been mm, like understandably by my husband mm. else. but what actually came up for me was um, a memory of when I was standing in my kitchen and my daughter was about 13 and I'd gone to give her a hug I'm a real tactile person and uh, I said oh come on baby let's have a hug and she went oh get off my mum and I was, oh, joining, and it was like really unexpected. And what had happened subconsciously is I had associated hugging my daughter with being rejected. Wow. So I didn't offer her that physical hug again because, like, it was subconscious. But with my son, he always reciprocated. And my daughter used to say to me, Mum, you treat me differently to Christopher. And I did, and I didn't know why. I love them exactly the same. Yeah. I did treat them differently. And so I had that insight. Yes. And and this also led to insights as to why my daughter was getting the love that she needed from her peer group. And this had led to behaviours of like running away from home, going missing, um, you know, drinking alcohol in the park. Do you know what I mean? So, so like, like teenagers go through this. Don't they just? Yeah. They need to be accepted. Yes. And, and so when I came back from the seminar, you know, this was like in, in America that I was doing, mm. I, I phoned my daughter <clears throat> because she was actually um, up in Scotland and I just said, I've had so many insights about what, what's been going on. Mm. Um, and, I, and I explained this to her. And, um, but, you know, they, these things, if we don't have these conscious insights, this yeah. carry on generationally. Oh gosh, yeah, because she, they they she would then carry that on into her potentially into her relationships. Yeah. But that's such a it's such a powerful thing. I don't know that we're always brave enough to confront those things, but because you were held in that space within that group where you were that you knew that you were being supported, mm-hmm. it does make it a hell of a lot easier to look at those things straight in the eye, doesn't it? Mm. so after you'd done the Tony Robbins training and presumably that was an ongoing transformation that was happening within that where did you go then how how did things progress with your career and how did they progress personally for you um well after the date with destiny course um the following year it was in the April um I did his life mastery course up in London uh, up in Scotland and on that course, there was a, the lead trainer was a very spiritual guy. And I got so many insights from him. And one of the things that he said really stuck with me. And he said, like, when you, when you make that decision to truly step into your life purpose and do what it is that you put on this earth to do, he said, you have to burn your bridges. He said, what people are looking for is that they'll open the door and they'll peep one way, peep the other way. They'll be looking for the next steps. You know, they'll be looking for the path. Mm. And they're, they're needing the certainty. He said, it doesn't work like that. He said, you've got to take the first step over the threshold and close the door behind you and burn your bridges so there's no going back. So I took this literally. And I went back to work. We had a board meeting two days later. And I said, and they said, how, how was your course, Deborah? I said, I've got an announcement to make, gentlemen, because there was only two women on the board. I said, I've made a decision to start living my life purpose, so I'm giving you nine months' notice. I said, I'll leave at, at the end of our nine, at the end of our big project, which finishes wow. time, so that you're not left in the lurch trying to find somebody, you know, uh, to finish that bit off. And then I'm thinking, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> I tell you what you've done, you set the match to the bridge was what you did. (laughs) Wow, that took such courage, but also self-belief. And you knew that 
you were destined for different things now yeah. but the courage as well but I I think it's true I was a I was a house mistress at a boarding school for 10 years and when I decided to come away from that and follow my my purpose and my new new way of living I knew that I had to completely come away from all of that but the the fear involved in it but the minute I took the leap and the courage and made it made it official everything else seemed to fall into place did you find that yeah well I, you know I'd already at the previous course I'd already set the goals to become a life coach to um, be an NLP trainer timeline therapy trainer you know I wanted training in in public speaking so I'd already set those goals prior and uh, and so for me it was like a progression you know I'd, I'd been in the business support industry running a, a big project um, and the project consisted of um, helping businesses to set up and grow which was our core service but we also had a young entrepreneur project and uh, I sort of like designed that and developed like a, a program called Are You Up For It that we'd run with all the schools like for young entrepreneurs to try and like inspire them it's marvellous and just plant the seeds because that's how I started off in my first business when I was at school as a you know 15 year old reading an article in the local paper about a woman who'd set up a secretarial business and I wasn't academically minded I hated school detested it but I was good at typing and I was good at English and so I thought ah I could do that mm. what I need to do is get some experience in in industry and then set my business up so the young entrepreneur project was something really close to my heart because I know that that can plant the seeds and inspire people my own personal experience and then we also ran a women into business project uh, and I set up um, you know the women's business club and Burnley business club which was a mixed one Uh, but through the women into business project I sort of uh, inspired myself to set up on my own again which was um, another reason why I'd made that choice to hand in my notice and go it alone sure. even though I didn't have any clients you know it was like a new area for me um just thought if you don't try these things in life you, you never get anywhere do you <laughs> did you have a support network around you were there people supporting you so how how did you how did you get yourself to that point and and who was supporting you um always had sort of friends in the personal development industry um you know I've met some amazing people and and they're like-minded the positive they've got that positive outlook um I remember after I did um let me just think what year it would have been now I think it was about 2005 to do, 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 I'm losing track of time now. Um, it's funny how time seems to yeah. <laughs> becomes one. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know I, I, what had happened was like I wanted to create a support network, and so I um, went up to Scotland, and I attend, I just had this inkling that I needed to go to this uh, event in Scotland that I'd just happened to come across, and I went mm. up there, and on that. Um, that event I found my trainer for my NLP uh, course who also was uh, really high up in the public speaking industry so I thought well that'll kill two birds with one stone your goals yeah so I I went and did the NLP training and then I also like set up um, the spiritual events started off in personal development and business focus and there was a team of us running running the events. You know, I, I was sort of I had the idea for it, created like a, a meeting with people that were also into personal development. One of the guys who was uh, like wanting to be involved had registered the domain name and things like that and, uh, already. And so we agreed on that name and, and off we set running events. But over the years, everybody was uh, dropped off. And then it was left with uh, just the two of us. And then he dropped off. And then uh, that was another issue because, like, for some reason, he wouldn't let me have the domain name, the mailing list, nothing, which was a big lesson for me as well. 
Um, and so I just started again from scratch, uh, recreating the uh, mailing list from registration sheets that we had on the door. And as my journey progressed, we went down the spiritual route. And so the numbers that we had at the beginning dropped because there weren't many spiritual events going on back then. Um, but those events were a huge part of my own development, huge part. And so I would hold the space and get teachers in from all over the world to come to Manchester, you know, and we'd have like monthly events. And uh, it was fabulous. And then what happened like um, in 2011, I celebrated my 50th birthday and I decided it was time to start putting me first. Sure. Because I'd had a coaching call uh, with, with my coach at the time and he said, Deborah, how far down on your list of priorities are you? And I thought, oh, my goodness. And when I actually added it up, I was eight, eighth on my list. Really? I think a lot of people listening can identify with that. Yeah, yeah. I was supported lodgings at the time because I'd come back from Tony Robbins' Wealth Mastery Programme realising that I needed to create multiple streams of income. And I just sent up a prayer to the universe saying, okay, show me how – I can do this. And when I came back, there was a leaflet behind the door. I'm not kidding you, Joe. It was like uh, one of those moments, you know, I read it and it was like, oh, my God, that's the answer. And this leaflet said, can you offer, um, do you have a spare room? I thought, yeah, I've got two. Can you offer support to uh, teenagers? Yeah, I'm a youth coach. Can you, um, you know, help with uh, people with young people who need somewhere to live yeah contact us child action northwest local charity and i went through that process of being accredited to be a supported lodgings provider and that paid my more so so again it's because you'd let go of that idea that you had to have certainty because you were accepting that things could be insecure things were naturally falling into place for you so where was your spirituality your personal spirituality at this point how was your mental health how were you on that spiritual level because that had been such a it's from listening to it it's been quite a intense time leading up to that point so yeah how were you and and what what was your spirituality when I say that what do I mean I mean where did you base your spirituality and how did you take care of that part of you? Yeah, you just rose from there. So um, I think I got the question. So where was my spirituality? So um, I started off by saying that my ex-husband leaving me was the catalyst mm. for my awakening. That really opened me up. Um I started journaling. My healing process was in bed at night when I was journaling and writing all the emotions that I was feeling. And I was in a really dark place. And I'd mm. sit there and just cry and cry and let it all out because it's so important to release those emotions rather than trying to suppress them. And my way of uh, healing that was to write it down. And... Um, and then I discovered the power of gratitude and how mm. when you go into gratitude, it melts away every single negative emotion that there is. Yeah. And so, like, I do my journaling process, go into my heart and then just feel gratitude for everything. I've got a house. I've got two beautiful children who I absolutely adore and love. I've got food on the table, you know, when I compare myself with these third world countries and how they've got nothing. Do you know what I mean? We're so rich, so rich. And so I went through that process um, of allowing myself to grieve. And, you know, I had a network of friends that were really supportive. A lot of them had gone through the same process of, like, divorce. And we'd go up to my friend Christine's house and have a glass of wine and we'd have the counselling couch and... <laughs> No yeah because <laughs> so, it's so important to have people who understand where you're coming from and what you're going through isn't it it's it's yeah. enormous it's enormously important and so when you were doing those spiritual events you must have come across some amazing people and was there anything in particular that really struck you or 
really helped you grow that you that you experienced yeah. um I was just saying that when you were doing the spiritual events you must have met some incredible people was there anything within that that stood out was there anything that really had an effect on you and uh, and helped you grow oh so many so many um when I think one of the um people that's had a major sort of impact uh, on my life is my dear friend Scarlett. I read her book. Um, she's written a trilogy called The Sacred Quest. And I read this book in 2008. And uh, my friend Michelle had uh, recommended it to me. Now, and I sent a message to Michelle saying, oh, thank you so much, you know, because it sort of sent me down different rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> and it had uh-huh. like, Sometimes you can read a book and it's got codes and it just sort of ignites something in you. Um, and I, and, and unbeknown to me, like Michelle had forwarded my feedback onto Scarlett. And uh-huh. um, she messaged me to say, oh, thank you for the lovely feedback. And um, um, anyway, we ended up having a telephone conversation. And when I went down to, uh, I was crewing a, an Auntie Robbins event in London uh, in 2008. And it was actually my birthday. Uh-huh. 2008 and we met up at the excel center and just really really clicked and i ended up um sort of helping her with uh the, the retreats that she ran and you know and actually what was that the book about why did it strike you so much what was it about it that that touched your heart so much um i think i think that um she's got a very special gift she she actually writes in a way that sort of connect, either it polarizes readers, it either really connects with them at a soul level or it repels them. Yeah. Uh, and it really connected with me and it sort of led me down, um, down different, different rabbit holes, you know, exploring things that had not, I'd not had an awareness about before. What kind of thing? Um, so, for example, I find uh, in a book she talks about a secret underground base in Romania, and uh, and I thought, and because I know her, I know that a lot of what she writes about is based on truth. So, although it's written in fiction, I'm thinking, hmm, okay. So, I went on to Google "secret underground base Romania," and that brought up YouTube videos, and it was like, oh my god, wow! And, you know like evidence of um how humanity has been lied to about our origins um and so like we had a field trip to transylvania two years ago and we visited um you know like the besieged mountains where there's a huge five thousand year old sphinx up there and underground under the earth is like the hollow to youtube and do a search wow it's all there wow so it opened up a whole different aspect of looking at the world from that point of view. Yeah. So I made that connection with her and met her at the Exhale Centre. And then you you ended up doing retreats with her. Yeah, yeah. And, and she came up to speak at my events in Mastery Path uh, for, you know, a few times as well. And uh, so she's a dear friend and I absolutely love her to bits. And, um, you know, she's um, founded her own university now for um alchemical studies and so if anybody wow. wants details on that they can message me and I can send you like links and things yeah or I can add it to the podcast as well if you if you want that would be that would be nice for people to be able to investigate so I guess it's moving on to how things have developed for you within your work because I know you work with the Healy machine if that's what I call it the Healy machine you work with healing the frequency of people and vibration at a, at a really deep level don't you and also working with essential oils as a therapeutic way of healing ourselves and you have your Magdalene wellness um, company as well set up so how did your life unfold to encapsulate all of that and how do you work now what is it that you do now how's life for you now oh I love my life <laughs> I love my life 
I've designed the, my life exactly as I want it to be. Um, just to backtrack, I, I read a book um, called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Oh, yeah. It talks about the new rich and how the new rich have a series of mini-retirements. I thought, what a good idea. So after my coaching call with this coach, when I realised I was number eight on my list, mm. I said to the children, when I'm 50, it's my time. I'm going to sell the house and go travelling. So you need, I gave them six months' notice to leave home. <laughs> and uh, my next Brilliant. door sold the house, uh, bought my house, so I didn't need to put it on the market. And um, I, need, I wanted a new name because I didn't want to take my old married name into a new chapter of my life, and I didn't want to go back to my maiden name. So I just set the intention for my name to come to me. And I was actually visiting Scarlett down in Surrey at the time. And um, she just sold contract readings using the numerology of Moses. So she yeah. just Powerful that. Stuff. Yeah, she just said, put your name into my computer, just sit there and put the you know your names in. And uh, I put about 20 names in there. It was Deborah Love, Deborah Joy, Deborah Hugs, Deborah Bliss, and then Deborah Magdalene just popped out of nowhere. And um and then the Sophia came in two weeks later. And so I had my new name. When you change your name, you change the game that you are playing here on Earth because everything is same frequency and it holds codes for the experiences mm -hmm. that you have. So yeah. my life now is unrecognisable to what I was, you know, as um, as my previous name, which carried a lot of addictions with it, sure. alcohol and food and, you know. So it's, it's – and, and so it led me on this journey and um, – as a nomad, you know, I, tra I travelled for um, a couple of months around France. Uh, I was going to a lot of the Mary Magdalene sites, like the cave at Saint Baum, where she lived, um, Rennes Chateau. You know, yeah. I met Henry Lincoln, who told me places to go. Oh, wow. And the journey was really magical. And, and, and my plan was I was going to come back to the UK, get a visa, go to India, but the universe had different plans. And we had an accident in the car on the way back. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, the steering just completely went in the car. The car was veering across the motorway. I was only doing 60 miles an hour, but I, and then it How just frightening. And I just said, and I just thought, wow, I could die here. And I had no fear. But it wow. was like time had slowed down. It was slow motion. And I was just like, angels, protect you now. And the car, it, after spinning three times, it hit the central reservation, spun round and came to an abrupt halt on the hard shoulder. Not a mark on the car. Wow. Well, you know, it was like, oh, my God, what just happened? But it slowed Gosh. me down because when we got back to the UK, you know, the cars are right off, so I just left it in France, got the train home. Another part of the letting go process. Wow. Non-attachment was like a huge lesson that I've got in, in this letting go process. And um, got to the back to the UK. My parents were ill. Mum had Alzheimer's. Dad was going through cancer treatment. He'd just been diagnosed. So I moved in with my parents oh, for gosh. two years in a caring role, going away for shorter trips. So I was in Egypt, you know, doing a lot of the, you know, the, the temples and, and reconnecting with past lives. And what was really interesting is the only thing I bought in Egypt was essential oils and I didn't know anything about them. Right. But I couldn't use them. I, I didn't want to use them for some reason. Mm. And then uh, in 2013, I bought a one-way ticket to Peru. My dad was okay again, uh, and I knew that I needed to leave and continue my journey. And so I bought a one-way ticket to Peru to do a, um, a retreat in the Amazon rainforest. And so I was living with the Shipibo tribe for 13 days, and no, 17 days, and no running water, just being in nature, no electricity. Oh, it was absolutely beautiful. We'd go on jungle walks, collect plants, working with the plant medicines. And and there I had really deep insights, really deep insights. I was going to say, did it wake up a, a oh, part of you that had been asleep? A huge, huge activation. And what that gave me was like a shortcut. It helped me to build neural pathways for learning, like, I could see how every thought was a seed of creation and how the thought creates geometry because I could see it. I'm not a person who can see normally, but working with the plant medicines, I could actually see everything. So powerful. And, 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 I, and I could make all these different connections. And, and I had, like, some profound experiences. But, but my most prof biggest learning from that 
was the importance of being in the physical body and grounding because so many people are not grounded. Yeah. And I didn't realize how often I was out of body until we were doing these energy exercises. Mm -hmm. And so the importance of grounding, you know, we've we've chosen to be in these physical bodies at this time, so it's important that we stay in them. But anyway, I won't go into all the journey in Peru, but fast forward, when I came back to the UK, um, I was offering free hugs at the yoga show in Manchester. You know, my my limited company was when I was offering my coaching and training business was Global Hugs. I'm the director of hugs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was just offering people free hugs uh, to help them feel included and just to offer that unconditional love. And Mm -hmm. my friend uh, had the essential oil stand and she gave me a peppermint experience and I could feel this one drop of peppermint for two and a half hours and said, wow what is wow. this I felt so alert and it's like amazing it's just peppermint. incredible and that had so nice because I've been doing a lot of mountaineering in Peru and so she gave me um you know like a, a rub with five different essential oils in there and I put that on my knees and all the payment to her mm-hmm. and my intuition was instructing me to buy a set of oils and I didn't have any money whatsoever. I owed um, my friend £500 because I'd run out of money when I was in Brazil. And that was, you know, he'd lent me some money to fly back to the UK. So I'm thinking, well, I still owe him money, but I know I need to buy these oils. Yeah, and I always, to. always, always follow my intuition. And I thought, well, do you know what? I've got a credit card. And so I bought a set of oils and I wasn't using them. And so the universe sent me the gift of a broken rib. And then I found out how powerful my oils were. <laughs> I started taking notes. And then I made the connection. Plant medicines, of course. It's all the same. I was in the band- in the Amazon working with the plant medicines. Yeah. And here I am. I'm being given this gift of plant medicines. Yeah. Right? And then it's making those connections. And then the more I researched, I realized that these plant medicines are helping me to raise my vibration. And my whole mission is about helping people to raise a vibration higher frequency and so everything I do now is aligned to that I don't do anything that's not aligned to that mission so it makes life very very easy for when Mm. I'm making you know choices to become involved with yeah to be involved with all about helping people to raise a vibration to be happy to be healthy to be wealthy if you've got everything aligned you can create anything you want anything you want it's so true so that led me down that that path and and i built like um you know an essential oil business which provides a small passive income to me not a lot um but i i've got so many oils and i use them and i love them and i'd love teaching classes about oils i was doing one yesterday to a group of carers on on zoom and just educating people on the importance of having a toxic-free lifestyle because so many people are Oh, I totally agree. So many people are ill. They've got autoimmune diseases, this, that, and the other. And it's a subject that um, I know quite a lot about because um, in my before my divorce, I was really ill. I um, had no energy. I was in pain. My sister had come down to massage me. And just the slightest touch, I was in agony. I had low mood, I was feeling quite depressed, which was unusual for me because uh, I've always had like a positive mindset. But my energy levels are this fatigue and brain fog. And then I, I found out what was the root cause of it, and it was candida. And candida is a fungal overgrowth in the digestive system, and it masquerades itself as over 80 different illnesses. It's staggering, isn't it? I've had a brush with it myself, so I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Well, everybody has it. The normal level is 5%. Mine was 85%. Wow. We. Right. And so I went on this healing journey to heal myself through diet, nutrition. And now what I do is I help people to transform their lives by educating them around these topics and encouraging them to have a toxic-free lifestyle because everything that you put on your skin gets absorbed into the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Everything you wash your hair with. Or, you know, chemicals that you're cleaning with get yeah. absorbed. And so it's yeah. like being conscious and, and making choices that are going to support your health at a cellular level. And instead of just treating symptoms, having a look at what the root cause is. 
And mm. underlying all illness, there's an emotional reason there as well. It's about yeah, I was just about to ask you that. Do you work with that as well? Absolutely, yeah. Because when you can get to the emotion, well, then all, all the illnesses, it's a message to your body showing that it's out of balance, dis-ease. Exactly. And you can heal so much through changing your lifestyle, having supplements to give you the right level of nutrition, being able to absorb more nutrients from the food that you're eating. So anyone listening, are there, are there a couple of tips you could give them to start down that route? Is there, is there, is there self-care, self-help we can do to just begin that journey for ourselves? Yeah, sure. I, I say, first of all, alkalize your diet. So do a Google search on acidic foods and alkaline foods. Uh, if you've got, think you've got candida, research candida diet because you need to eliminate foods that will feed the yeast. So that's I was like sugar free, dairy free, gluten free, yeah. no alcohol. Uh, you know, it took me eighteen months to get mine under control. But and I'd always carried a lot of weight. And one of the missing pieces of the jigsaw puzzle for me was this, right? If you try to lose weight and you have got toxins inside your cells, you actually become unhealthier. And the reason for that is that your body creates fat to encapsulate the toxins. So if you've got like a, a body shape which is big and then you lose weight without doing a cleanse and, and to detoxify from you know those toxins from your body, you become unhealthier because the ratio between the toxins and your body size increases. Of course, that makes perfect sense. It does. It was a missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle for me because I was Gosh. on a diet. Yeah, I feel like a penny's just dropped for me as well. Right. And so when you when you um, cleanse the cells, so I do a regular uh, detox using the supplements to pull toxins out at a cellular level. And I lead people through this process. When I came back from Peru, I needed to earn some money. And, um, and so I set up a, a program called Detox with Deborah. And then people were up in arms saying, you can't do that. You're not a qualified nutritionist. So I thought, well, I can do it. I've got personal experience. But what I did uh, is invite a friend of mine who is a qualified nutritionist to the group to provide support if it was needed. And it was definitely needed, but the support was there. And so, like, another lesson is don't take any notice of what people tell you that you can and cannot do. Yeah, Always absolutely. the way around it. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I do is I help people to lead uh, leave a, a healthier lifestyle. And um, my last circumstances changed in 2017 uh, I forgot what, what year we're in uh, 2017 I think it was yeah yeah when uh, me and my partner changed our relationship status on our ninth anniversary from ah. to best friends and I'd moved him in with him after coming back from Peru and the relationship had run its course and wasn't working for us in, in that form anymore. And so I needed to move out of his house. And so I'm thinking, well, I've got no money, nowhere to live, no job. Uh, I'm, I'm like in a startup business, wow. my essential oil business. So come on, Deborah, you know that you're a powerful creator. What would be a creative solution to this? And then after a day, it dropped in. Ha ha. Pet sitting, house and pet sitting. If I, do, I saw that you did that. I yeah, thought that was, was wonderful. It was a creative solution to a life change, uh, to yeah. solve a problem. And so I set the intention to find a house and pet sitting um, job on the first for the 1st of January. And this was in December, right? And uh, so I told a friend and she said, well, why don't you put an advert in the lady magazine? I said, I don't need to do that. I'm a powerful creator. I just need to tell people. So five minutes later, I'd told somebody else. And whilst I was talking to this person, somebody else came and joined us. And, wow. And she said, I'm going away on the 1st of January. Would you like to come and look after my cat? Ah. <laughs> so a big tick from the universe that that was the right step to take. So I've been doing that ever since, up until February last year. Yeah, with everything that's been happening. Yeah, and so like it was the day before my birthday last year. I came up to Burnley to celebrate my birthday with my family. And then all oh, my pet sitting work cancelled because because of world events, 
people were unable to travel. Mm. So that meant then that I had no income from my pet sitting business because I'd started off doing that for free and then turned it into a business and sure. a little agency as well. And it was going really well. And I was doing my essential oil business online as well whilst I was doing that and traveling and loving looking after the animals. And loving life. Loving life. Yeah. Living a life of freedom. Wonderful. So the situation changes in the world. And and um, my ex-husband had um, been diagnosed with a brain tumour. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, like months before that. And uh, he actually passed away in March last year. Oh, so that sorry. was like a shock because like, he only had six months from diagnosis. Wow. Um, and so from that, it, you know, I just wanted to be really still and, and yeah. to reflect. Mm. And my intuition was just saying, no, don't do anything. So I just spent time on the land digging a vegetable patch in the garden, being still. I didn't even do my doTERRA business. You know, I did nothing. I was just really, Mm. really still. And then in May, a friend sent me a video about this frequency technology, and I just got tingles all over. Yeah. And it was the same feeling I got when I had the oils, you know, this voice saying, buy the oils, buy the oils. This voice is saying, take notice of this research, get involved. I'm thinking, here we go again. (laughs) So I researched avidly for like 48 hours, scouring for everything. And, and the more I researched, the more excited I, got, I became. And um, I had a, a Zoom call with um, somebody in America about it and was just blown away because this device can read your energy field, uh, do an aura and chakra report and balance your chakras remotely and it can wow how does it how does it work what's the principle it's working on uh technology technology called radionics i was gonna say is it anything to do with radionics because i just think radionics is phenomenal it's incredible isn't it oh joy it's amazing Mm -hmm. so i ordered a device and and um, i invested significantly in my device i paid over two and a half thousand euros and i didn't have the money but there again i've got a credit card yeah right and so i just thought do it money is an energy right i mean it's really important that we don't let money stop us Mm. from from moving forward Mm. and and so i just bought it on my credit card and just figured out again, if I'm supposed to be using this, it'll work its way out. Well, I was astounded. I got my device. I charged it up. I created a client record, ran it on myself. And then a friend of mine in South Africa had had a bereavement, a, a cousin right. had died all of a sudden, and she'd gone into an emotional meltdown. And I just said, do you want to hop on Zoom and I'll send you some frequencies? And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> have a clue, but I just called in my guys. I thought, okay, guys, come on, I need some help here. Just guide yeah. me, what you know, help me, and, and I just used my intuition and I just guided her through a process, and she had an immediate healing. Wow! Immediate. Wow! And then I said, "You must have been thrilled." Well, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, because, like, when we work with intention. Yeah. Intention is the bridge to consciousness. I remember yeah. working with this, this uh, technology. You know, I'm running a program at the moment called Coherence. So I set my intention before I run the program. Right? Yeah. And, and, and working with intention is, is key. And, and so then I started to um, do sessions with other people to get case studies, to find out the capabilities. And what I've sort of discovered is that I'm now using with this device – you know, I've not advertised it at all, uh, but I'm getting clients from all over the world wanting to book quantum frequency sessions. Wow. And so that shows me that I'm in flow doing this. And a lot of the people who have sessions with me want to buy the device for themselves because it's helping us to raise our vibration. Yeah. It's actually a medical device for the relief of pain. I saw that it's registered in America, isn't it? With the... It's cleared. It's a cleared. It's cleared by the FDA as a medical device. Which is a huge care. thing, isn't it? That's a huge thing. Yeah, it's, it's sort of based on the microcurrent principle because it's delivering little electrical impulses to the cells. 
And uh, But what it's actually doing by doing that, it increases the ATP production in the cells by up to 500%. Wow. And the ATP is, is, is stimulating the mitochondria, which is mm. the battery of the cell. Yeah, the battery and of the this cell. This is yeah. why I've had so much more energy since I've been using this. And it's also increasing protein synthesis by up to uh, 70% and amino acid transport by up to 40%. So wow. using the technology, this huge um, impact on health because it's helping aging cells revert to young, healthy cells using a it's reversing aging voltage model. So what's your, what, what have been some of your biggest um, transformations with working with clients with it? Has there been anything that's kind of taken your breath away? Well, I've got loads of testimonials on my Frequency Alchemy page. Uh, if you just go to the Frequency Alchemist on, on Facebook, look at the reviews. I've got testimonials there. Um, I run group sessions um, for groups because you can create group harmonics. And I do these every week for the Silver Tent, which is a wonderful yeah. community for wise, wonderful women over the age of 50. And then we have a subgroup in there called the Silver Tent Frequency Resonance Group. So if you're a woman over 50, you can join the Silver Tent and then join the, the Frequency Resonance Group and then attend the sessions that I do in there every Monday at half past three, free of charge. Wonderful. And with, um, with that group is the... Uh, it's run by a wonderful woman called Francesca Cassini, dear friend. Oh, she's wonderful. I heard an interview with her recently and I, I just really was taken by her. Yeah. Well, I told Francesca about this device and she went bing because she'd been getting <laughs> downloads about frequency, frequency. So when I mentioned a frequency device, she's like connecting the dots. And then, you know, what, what we're actually doing is we've got like, um, you could call it like a little cooperative, because what we're doing is, is using the business model to generate funds. So anybody in the Silver Tent who buys um, a device, the commissions go into the Silver Tent and, and it'll support the development of the Silver Tent to help make it sustainable. And Wonderful. also philanthropic projects that, we're, that will be funded through this model so it, it you know it's just mm -hmm. wonderful and it, it, it shows how we're not in competition we collaborate no. we're collaborating and it is the year of that I think yeah yeah what I'm doing now is developing uh, a program for healers practitioners therapists coaches energy workers chiropractors anybody who wants to work with clients who wants to buy a device, they can either buy it through me or they might be, you know, buying it through other people. But anybody's welcome to book onto my training, which will be to help them to use this technology as soon as possible in their business to uh, remotely with clients or anywhere in the world so that they can, uh, I'll teach them my system and they can incorporate that into what they do. Wonderful. Because when I so, actually joined the company, there's there's no training available. There still isn't training available to teach people how to use it in, in this way. So I just want to be able to provide that service for people. That's fantastic. So they will go to the Frequency Alchemist to find out more about that. Yeah, it's in development at the moment, so they can just Wonderful. me on there. Wonderful. So exciting. it is really exciting. So we're just coming to the end of our time, but I just wanted to talk to you about your your project on the seven steps to happiness because I was saying to you, I watched it very early this morning and I just found it really inspiring. I wondered if there was just one of the steps that you'd share with my listeners that you think can really bring transformation towards that happiness state. Yeah, I mean, the, the seven steps... Um... I'll just run through the steps and tell you which one. I'll, I'll just name them and then tell you which one is the most important for me. Uh, but like happiness comes from within is step one. Number two is let go of all yeah. the baggage that you're carrying and, you know, move on. Number three is watch your words because your words are saying vibration, which creates your reality. Yeah. Number four is physiology and focus, how you manage your energy, your body, your mm. expression. What your focus is determines your happiness. Number five is the power of gratitude, which we've already spoken about. Yeah. Number six is make happiness a habit because you've got I to love that, that in. 
you know, it takes 21 days, even more, to form a habit. And my number one is number seven, which is have a higher purpose. It's not about you. It's about how can you serve? Yeah. When you're being of service to the world and coming from that place of service from the heart in a place of unconditional love, well, for me, that's what it's all about. Is that your number one? Is that your number one? Yeah, I agree with you. They're all important. They all tie into each other. They are. And it depends on where you're at in your journey. You might have already done some of those things. Um, but you can go onto YouTube and look at Seven Steps to Happiness. Deborah's I'll put I'll put the link up actually so people can check that out because it is really valuable. It's been an absolute absolute joy hearing your story and getting to know you just that bit more and I'm sure anyone listening is going to be inspired to in so many ways one about just not letting anything get in your way adapting and being resilient you know there's there's a huge there's a huge thread of that all the way through your story and how you've adapted and trusted your intuition to to move you forward I'm really grateful for you and I'm really, really grateful for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us today. Oh, anytime, Joe. Bless you for inviting me on. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Spiritually Gifted with host Joe Dutfield. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please keep in touch via our Facebook page, Spiritually Gifted Podcast, or by email to spirituallygiftedpodcast at yahoo.com. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, take care.